good morning folks, we're here again thinking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. We've had love, we've had joy, and now we're thinking about peace. How we can know God better through praising Him, and in doing so, experience His peace. I hope you're enjoying this journey through the fruit of the Spirit. I hope that these words that we use all the time, we, we're, we're, we're beginning to know them a little bit more about how they're actually sent from God for us. It begins, I think, with love poured into us. And then joy, peace, patience, they all begin to flow from us. So this morning we're going to be thinking about peace and how, how you and I can find peace even in the most stressful of times. A gorilla walked into an ice cream shop and ordered a £1.50 chocolate sundae. He put a £10 note on the counter to pay for it. The clerk thought, well, what could a gorilla know about money? So he gave the gorilla a single pound coin in change. And as he did, he said, you know, we don't get many gorillas in here. No wonder the gorilla replied, at nine pounds a Sunday. It's not just a gorilla that can get stressed out in shops these days. We live in tense and anxious times. Stress, mental health issues. We all are living under constant pressure. If we watch the news, if we surf the web, if we read a newspaper, if we still even get newspapers, we, we discover that there's so much to worry about, there's so much to be concerned about. And the problem that we face is, how can we know the peace of God when the world seems to be falling apart? Imagine a scale between 1 and 10, and 1 is deep peace, and 10 is highly anxious. Where would you put yourself on this scale? Isaiah 43 reveals the love and the care of the one whose spirit lives within us. Israel had sinned greatly, following other gods and seeking alliances with heathen powers, instead of resting quietly in God their Saviour. And this is why the people found themselves in exile from their homeland in Babylon. This is about 540 BC. In Isaiah 42 verses 23-35 there, there's a bit of a description of, of something of Israel's sin. And then Isaiah 43 begins, but now. The time of exile was almost over and God was ready to bring his people to safety and security. He was calling them home. Isaiah chapter 43, read from verse 1, Israel's only saviour. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame, flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead.
since you're precious and honored in my sight and because I love you I will give people in exchange for you nations in exchange for your life do not be afraid for I am with you I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west I will see to the north give them up and to the south do not hold them back bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth to everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory whom I formed, formed and made Peace in the New Testament is related to the Old Testament concept of shalom, meaning wholeness and well-being and harmony with God and with each other. Peace is not just about the absence from fighting. So in this chapter in Isaiah 43, God calls his people by name. They are his and he will be with them in the water and in the fire. They are precious and they are honoured because they are his children. And this is a special relationship with Israel which flows through to us today because of what Jesus has done. We are grafted into the people of Israel. Just check out Romans chapter 11 verses 17 to 24. God's concern goes beyond local nationalism. His salvation embraces the whole world. Twice in this passage God tells his people to not be afraid. Verse 1 and verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. What were the dangers they would face as they returned to their homeland? They were beginning the journey home. Now it wasn't just like hopping on a train or a plane or an automobile. Living in those days was tough. Living in exile was tough. And there were dangers in returning home to the homeland. It wouldn't be a simple journey. But God speaks his words of reassurance. I wonder, how do you deal with the fears that you face today? If the peace of God doesn't depend on freedom from, from troubles and adversity, verse 2, what does peace depend on? I think it depends on our awareness of God's trustworthiness. As we begin to trust him more, his peace is produced in us. As we progressively rest in him in the toughest times, we find that he comes through. Now this doesn't happen all at once. We need to remember that God is in the process of making all of us, as we follow Jesus, to become more like him. Romans 8 verse 29, we mentioned it last week. And we shouldn't feel guilty that we're not experiencing complete peace all the time. We are on a journey, but as with every journey, it begins with the first step. And adversity and troubles actually work to develop peace. It sounds crazy, but it is true that as we face these troubles and rest in the Father's love, it develops peace in us. Now verses 3 and 4 highlight what God will eventually do for his people. Cyrus 
was the king of Persia, and he had defeated the Babylonians. Remember, Israel was in Babylon for their, for their exile. And as Cyrus took over, he released the Israelites. He gave them permission to return to their homeland. God gave other nations to Cyrus in return for Israel. Egypt, Cush, which is Ethiopia, and parts of Arabia, which is Seba. They had all attacked Persia, and Cyrus had defeated them. And it was a ransom given by God for Israel to be set free. Of course, we remember the ransom that Jesus has paid to set us free. In other words, peace doesn't come easily. Sometimes, strangely, you have to fight for peace. Then we read of what God will do for his chosen people. In verses 5 to 7, God will act this way for you. He will not let you go. Even when you feel far from him, he will never let you go. So the answer to the problem about how we find our peace, if you knew nothing about God except what you'd read in this short passage, what would you see about God? Well, you would see that God is personal, he's powerful, he's active and he's sovereign, that he's unique, that he's holy, that he's loving and invincible. Let that soak in. His promises are for you today. If we get that it is his spirit that lives in us, peace will not be far to follow. Rest in his promises. As you realise that God is able, doesn't it mean that you can receive the peace that he offers? Take a moment and think of the most significant human being in your life. Someone that you love, someone that you trust deeply, and who you understand, and who understands you. How did you get to know that person so intimately? It was time and effort. It was speaking and it was listening, wasn't it? And this is what God is calling us to, to spend time in his presence, to soak in his spirit, to communicate and share your life with him. What are the things that you're anxious about today? How can God, how can knowing God intimately produce his spirit's peace in you? I remember an old story, you may have heard this one before, about a little boy who was helping his dad out in the garden. And dad asked him to pick up all the rocks in a certain area of the garden. After a wee while, Dad looked down and saw him struggling to pull up a huge rock that was buried deep in the ground. The little boy struggled and struggled while Dad watched on, leaning on his spade. Finally, the boy gave up and he said, Dad, I can't do it. So Dad asked, did you use all your strength? The little boy looked hurt and said, yes, of course I did, Dad. You saw me, every ounce of my strength I used. And the father smiled and said, no. He didn't. He didn't ask me for help. And the father walked over and then the two of them pulled together that big, big rock out of the ground. We need to call upon the father. Stop trying to do it all in our own strength. 
By living as God intends, we find our greatest peace and our purpose and deep fulfilment as we walk with him. We get our focus off us and onto him and we lose our fears in his peace. Rest in his promises. Let's soak in them. So how does this apply to your life? Well, how about we thank God for these aspects of his character that are revealed in this passage in Isaiah 43? And how about we ask him to bring peace to the parts of our lives where we feel anxious and afraid? Turn to the Psalms. It's the Bible's prayer book. Psalm 2, Psalm 7, Psalm 46, Psalm 49, Psalm 56, Psalm 91. Bingo. No, it's not bingo. It's, it's God's opportunity to let his peace speak to our fears. These Psalms bring comfort to you that you need in those dark days. Talk to God about your deepest fears. Call each of these fears by name. Perhaps you've done this before, but perhaps you need to do it again with God in the room. Maybe you're not sure where to begin. If so, start right there, asking the Lord to help you to get in touch with the fears and worries you have, to identify them, and then take time to allow him to begin gently to speak his peace to those areas. I just want to highlight one of Jesus's promises that he mentions in Matthew chapter 11. It says these words, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this passage. We, we, I actually love the, the message version that Eugene Pearson also uses and it's, it's written in the church on the glass doors as you come in. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed it, but it says, are you, are you burnt out on religion? Are you worn out? Come to me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. There's a wonderful legend concerning the quiet years of Jesus, the years prior to his visible ministry. The legend claims that Jesus, the carpenter, was one of the master yoke makers in the Nazareth area. And people would come from miles around for a yoke, hand-carved and crafted by Jesus, the son of Joseph. When customers arrived with their team of oxen, the story goes that Jesus would spend considerable time measuring the team, measuring their height, their width, the space between them, and the size of their shoulders. All this stuff would go into what Jesus was doing. Within a week the team would be brought back and Jesus would carefully place the newly made yoke over the shoulders watching for rough places, smoothing out the edges and making sure that the yoke fitted the oxen perfectly, particularly to this team of oxen. And so in Matthew 11, that's the yoke that Jesus invites us to take. Do not be led, misled rather, by where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you for it is easy. It's the root word in Greek that speaks directly of tailor-made yokes. They were well-fitting, 
the yoke that Jesus invites us to take, the yoke that brings rest to weary souls, is the one that is made exactly to our lives and hearts. Jesus calls us to bear his yoke, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace as he leads us. He invites us to wear it because it fits us well. It will not rob us or cause us to develop sore spirits. And it's designed for two. We're not in this alone. Jesus' yokes were always designed for two. And our yoke partner, our yoke fellow, remember Philippians a few weeks ago, is none other than Jesus himself. He will not let you go. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord, I know you have heard the prayers of my heart. I have described for you my deepest fears and concerns, and it is my desire to relinquish them to you. You have created my mind, Lord, with the amazing capacity to dream with you. In my silence, I sense your powerful presence. I picture your arms around me, assuring me that all is well in my heart and I hear you whisper. You are my precious child and I love you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Lord, I thank you for taking my fears and concerns. You are in control. May your will be done.